Hey everybody, and welcome back to No Regrets Marriage Ministries Podcast. Hey, if this is your first time, this is just our first full-length podcast, and we're excited that you found us. I'm Johnny Morton. And I'm Carla Morton. And today, we just want to give you just a little bit about our background and where we're coming from and everything that God did with us, and hopefully maybe give you a reason to come back and listen to us again. Uh, We've been married 38 years. And I would love to go back and say every one of those have just been awesome and wonderful. And I guess in their way they were. No. But Carla, why don't you tell them a little bit more about how we started out and how things sort of didn't go as we were thinking they would go. Gosh, it's hard to think back in some ways because it's been, it has been 38 years, but some pieces are so clear in my mind. I mean, I was so excited to get married to you. Well, I who mean, wouldn't be? Well, yeah, exactly. Um, you were crazy different than I was. and Which drives you crazy now, I know. Yes. It's one of those things where opposites attract, and then they attack. So that was, but we were young, um, but we were in love. We were Young bullied. and dumb is what I often like to say. Yes. And we... We were both believers, and so we sort of had found another believer we wanted to be married to. I thought you were awesome. You were very different, as I said, than I was. Um, you were hot. Thank you. I think I still am. At um, least you tell me that I am sometimes. Yes, yes. But I wish they could have seen you. Yeah, and as Carla said, we were young. We were. I was on staff. I was on in ministry at the time. Carla was a... I was a baby new nurse, and we started out, and gosh, that seemed like a great fit ministry, and we wanted to, you know, work together and just kind of do what God had for us, and quickly, the trajectory of our lives changed. Yeah, as we often say when we do conferences or seminars, we say, did we really know what we were saying I do to when we said I do in our wedding vows? Absolutely not. I had no idea. I had no idea what the journey God would take us on. I could never have fathomed it. I'm glad we didn't know it all. I'm glad God doesn't let us see everything ahead of ahead of us. But I could never have thought what marriage would really entail. Well, I, I don't think you're alone there. And I think that a lot of people come into marriage with this idea and image of what it's going to be. Maybe not the happily ever after. And I think everybody knows that, you know, there's going to be challenges in marriage. But I don't know that they realize how hard it is and how much work they're going to have to do to really make marriage work without any of the surprises of life that may just blindside you. That's true. And we sort of had our first, if you want to call it a surprise, or our first blindside early on in our marriage. And we had our first child, Zach. We'd only been married two years, so it was a little bit of surprise there. We weren't really planning to start a family particularly that quickly. And Zach was born with a severe congenital heart defect and lung issues. Yeah, which really rocked our world. I remember that when he was first born, they thought, well, he may have pneumonia. They knew something was wrong with his lungs. His breathing wasn't quite right. And you never even got to hold him. No. Um, 
and they moved him from one hospital to the other. And I'll never forget the day you were still stuck in the hospital after giving birth and going in that room and the doctors saying those three words that really changed our life. It's his heart. And that started really the trajectory of our life for the next 18 years would be dominated by Zach and his heart condition. Yeah. And I'll, those words, as you said, those three words, and I'll never forget you coming in my hospital room and sitting down and saying it, and you look like a truck had hit you. And we had no idea what that meant. We had no idea what was ahead of us. And we went from this young couple excited to have a first baby to, oh my gosh, you know, is, is he going to survive? Which of course, early on, they told us he wouldn't. And just being thrown into the world of, of sick children and all of that, everything that goes with that. Well, and I think a lot of our struggles with that was, you know, here we were believers, I'm in ministry. And I think there was almost even a lot of and maybe it was naive, but almost the surprise and even anger, God, why would you do this to us? Here, I've committed my life to you, God. I'm going to be in ministry serving you. How could you give us this problem to have to deal with? I know I was angry, and I probably didn't realize how angry I was. And it, I probably was angry for 10 years. I hate to say that because that sounds terrible, but deep down... And it, it wasn't one of those screaming, yelling at God. It was the way it manifested was just just so many. I, w- I was jealous of people who, quote, had a normal life and their baby was born and was okay. And they kind of went on with life. And ours just stopped. And everything was like frozen. And every aspect of our lives was different now because we had this sick baby. And we owed all this money. And... Yeah. It was just within literally days to weeks, our whole world was turned upside down. Yeah, and I think that was, you know, I think we always know that you can have financial struggles and a lot of those issues. I know still the number one thing that couples tend to have conflict over is finances. But then you throw that in with having a chronically ill child going in and out of hospitals always wondering what's going to happen and just all the crazy things from babysitters not wanting to keep him, the nursery, people being fearful of what's going to happen to him. It was really something that we weren't prepared for. No, and as we said, we were young, but we, we didn't really have any of the tools in the sense that we didn't communicate well. We weren't able to express what we were feeling, and we both coped with really this kind of grief or trauma or a combination of grief and trauma in different ways. And I, I was needy in some ways, but I wanted to be able to talk about it and get it out. And you did not want to do that. No, my way of dealing with it. And I know for a long time was almost just to try to shut it out. Yes. It was to do anything else to occupy my mind. And, you know, I'm famous for we'd be in the hospital and I'd be going off to do this and going off to do that because I hated hospitals. Oh, gosh, it was terrible, y'all. He would, we would hardly be in the parking lot and getting in and he'd be like, oh, yeah, I forgot my toothbrush. I'm like, Johnny, is fine. No, 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 I'll, I'll be back. You know, four hours later, you come back with a toothbrush, really. 
And so I was frustrated because you didn't really want to deal with it. And yet the reality was we had to. I was in healthcare, so it made sense that I owned a lot of that. But it was still hard because I needed you to partner with me. And that was probably an area early on that we didn't realize how much we were pulling against one another instead of pulling toward each other in our pain and in our heartache. And unfortunately, that probably set up some patterns that we walked in for a lot of years that was sort of doing our own way of handling it, but we weren't getting on the same page with one another. I agree. It was just like, even now, and we've said it as we do, we have a chance to do conferences and we do seminars, we do marriage coaching, as we've shared before. Um, and oftentimes, we think about it, we talk about it all the time. I wish the tools that we're giving couples now and trying to equip them with, I wish we'd had those when we started out. Because I think we obviously would have handled it better. We would have had better communication. We definitely would have handled conflict better than we did. Yeah, and I think we just, we didn't, as you said, we didn't have the tools that I wish we'd have had that that certainly would have helped us navigate that better. Now, as we look back, we know that for believers, God uses every single thing in our lives to mold us and change us. And without a doubt, Zach is one of the things God has used, our marriage more than anything, to mold me and change me. But definitely, Zach was a huge piece of that. And it was really our first, if you want to say, bump in the road, but it was more like a roller coaster that we got on that we couldn't get off of. Yes. And he was just this precious, incredible child. I think we'll have to put a picture on, on the on the webpage because I think I'd like people to see him. But um, it was just a bam, two years in, and here you go. Yeah, and so, you know, we could spend a lot of time even just talking about those first years, but, man, as we went on and we'd gone through doctors and we finally got sort of got some stability and God gave us another child, our middle child, Kemper, and I can remember being really excited. Carly, you found out you were pregnant and you did what? I sobbed and cried. I hope Kemper's not listening to this episode, but um, I may have told him this story, but I was so overwhelmed with caring for Zach and I just, I could not fathom being able to be a mom to another child because Zach was so, he was precious, but it was just so much all the time. And I just thought, I can't do another child. And Johnny, when I called to tell him that I thought I was, or I'd found out I was pregnant, he, I think, was laughing or whatever on the inside. Oh, I, I can remember. I was sitting in my office and you told me that, and I could tell you were upset, and so I had to at least act like I was sympathetic to you, but I'm I'm fist pumping where you can't <laughs> see me. And, and, and to be honest, I know you weren't ready, but I think we'd both say it was such an incredibly healing thing that Kemper was just to, to us as parents and with our marriage because it was just a normal baby and going through all the normal stuff that you would go that we didn't get to do with Zach. No. And for those of you that are listening that have had the experience of having a child that in any way, shape or form was not what you were expecting, 
you know and understand what we mean by that grief and that loss of some of those normal things. It in no way diminishes your love for that child, but you did miss some of the, quote, normal things. So we did get that with Kemper. And once I got past it, which took me a while because I was overwhelmed to think about that, And I even think back now that after we had Kemper and that was awesome and when we found out everything was okay with him and he did not have any kind of heart issue or any other um, problems, that was awesome. But you know, I don't know if you even remember this, but um, Kemper was only a couple of weeks old and Zach had one of his episodes with breathing and he would, because of the heart and lung issues, and sometimes we could not contain him and support him at home anymore, even on oxygen and such. And so we had to go to the hospital to be admitted. And so Kemper's little bitty, I'm still nursing him. And so I have to leave him with my um, family. We're in the car. I don't remember if we were where we were, which hospital we were going to, but I was just sitting in the back seat, sobbing, crying, saying to God, God, I knew this was going to happen. See, I've got this other baby at home now, and I'm t- trying to take care of Zach. And so uh, there are lots and lots of moments like that. But it also, as you said, was an incredible healing for our lives and one of the best things ever for Zach to have a little brother and just to kind of help us normalize life and be more balanced, probably. I agree. I agree. It was so hard with Zach. I mean, all the things you want as a dad, you, and I was, I was crazy sports. And unfortunately I turned my children into crazy sports people too, all three, three boys. But I think, you know, you always think about how you want to play ball with your kids. You want to see him go to little league and Zach couldn't, he had one year of Mm T-ball. That's all he was on the A's. And that was the only time he ever got to play. And I know it was so hard on him because he loved it so much and he could never do it. I know. He loved sports like nobody's business. But, yes, he couldn't. I mean, he was very, very compromised um, heart and lung-wise. And so his activity, even walking, was and everything was delayed. And walking and anything exerting him was extremely hard. So, but, yeah, so we had Kemper. And so... Gosh, then we bop along a few more years, and here comes the third one, and his name is Cole, and unfortunately, Cole ended up being born with a heart defect also. That, as you, if you recall, Johnny, they monitored him very closely during the pregnancy, but didn't pick it up, and so once again, we're sort of shocked after we have a baby that something is wrong. Oh, I can remember when we ended up back at Eggleston Children's Hospital up in Atlanta, and all of a sudden we see our heart doctor come by, Zach's doctor, and he's like, what are you doing here? And tell him we have another baby, and he's got a heart problem too. And he was, you could tell how surprised and how devastated he was. And, you know, I know, I remember thinking, God, one's hard enough, but you're going to do this twice to us? I was, and I really struggled over that one. Oh, and, I did too. I was probably honestly really depressed for about a year. And so it was it was hard. It was, you know, and the and the doctors would say his is not as bad as Zach's. We're not looking at the same thing. But it was a lot of the same pieces that happened early on. The outcome was different, but it was just the fact is like you said god really we're gonna well, it was walk just here it was again? just a doubling up now we have twice the hospital visits and 
Cole was a bear and you can remember <laughs> how those and they're trying to do tests and he's screaming and it was just it was crazy. It was crazy. And when we look back on some of that, some of it's almost blurred. Obviously, a lot of it is very, very cemented in our minds and our brains emotionally because of the trauma to some of it. But we also know that in the midst of that, you're just trying to do life, right? Yeah. I mean, we're trying to do life. We're both trying to work and we're trying to juggle everything. And our marriage, honestly took a beating a lot of that time because we're still at this point not probably doing it great. No, I, you know, when I think back, I mean, all the things, a lot, not all, but a lot of the things we tell couples now is, hey, make sure your marriage is the focus in the center, that it doesn't need to be a child-centric marriage. It doesn't need to be built around them. It needs to be built around you. I think we've said that maybe the most important thing your children can see is a mom and dad who love each other and they make their relationship a priority. But we didn't do that very well. And a lot of it was the circumstances, but we didn't. In fact, oftentimes we were each other's punching bags and the place that our frustration, we ended up taking it out on each other. I know a lot of the times. Yes. I mean, that's, that's really true. And I guess as we start to unpack some of the podcast We'll we'll get into more details about how some of this played itself out and then kind of how God brought us to the place he did as far as a passion for marriage and helping couples. Because one of the things we realized is that you do need the tools. You do need someone to come along with you. You need the equipping to do it well. And by God's grace, we survived and we have learned so much. But yeah, the a lot of a lot of wit a lot of things we wish we might could do over. I agree. It, it it was to be honest, luckily and probably because I have a terrible memory anyway, but a lot of those things I know there's much more fresher in your mind that you haven't forgotten are just a blur in mine and you know, as hard as those years were, the worst was still to come. When Zach was 16. We had a chance to go to California and finally found a doctor, the first one ever, who said, hey, I think I can do something to fix his heart. And so we were excited. We were we were just really ecstatic. It was hope for the first time that we'd had in a long time. And so we went to California, and unfortunately, Zach went into heart failure on the plane and that's a whole other story, sharing those moments. But the long and the short of it, they couldn't do anything. They said whatever had happened, his heart was so damaged that they couldn't do anything. And so I remember that day we were sitting with him and the doctor and all the other uh, medical students were there. And he said, I'm so sorry, but we can't offer you anything. And, you know, we just think you should take him home and enjoy the time you have left with him. Yeah, that was one of the hardest conversations ever to hear. There's nothing we can do. And you, you, we knew, and one of the things we had prayed specifically is that time, because if you recall, we were so torn about, you know, we knew he was so unstable, and what if they come in and they say they're going to try it? You know, at that point he was 16, and so it's like, okay, do we do it? Do we not? And we were just 
oh my gosh, Lord, what do we do? And we said, God, please make it clear. And that was not what we wanted to hear, but it was sure clear. The surgeon yeah, he took said it. No. He took it out of our hands that we didn't have to make no. that decision. And so went back home, had a, to be honest, really a great road trip. Zach and I drove back from California since they didn't suggest he fly anymore. And and we really thought that it was just going to be a slow countdown until God took him home. And then believe it or not, we're on our way to the airport, headed back to California to do, I was going to do a wedding for a, a couple that, from my youth group. And we get a call from the doctor. And he said, I don't know what's happened, but his heart is stronger it looks better, and I think we can do something, and I think we can give Zach a life. Yeah. That was an incredible phone call, and I was like, the doctor said, what do you think? And I said, I don't know. I don't know if I can relive going to California again. I mean, taking Zach out there, I mean, it was so horrific what happened before. So I didn't know. And so we ended up telling Zach... And it was his decision. It was going to be his decision about what to do because he was getting ready to be a senior in high school and he was soon to turn 18 and he would be considered an adult. And so we prayed with him and we ultimately came to the decision that we were going to head back to California and we're going to finish that story on the next podcast. Yes. Uh, we'll call it part two of our story. Man, I am so glad that you have. I hope if you've stuck to the end of this podcast, I'm so glad you have. Yes, thank you. It is, um, God has put us through a lot. And I know there's a lot of marriages around this country that have different stories about going through the ringer and all the things that God's brought them through, through issues with their children, their own health issues, finances infidelity, all sorts of the issues that marriages struggle with. But the thing I think that we found more than anything is that God is faithful. Absolutely. And, and while there was a lot of pain, as we'll be able to share in the next story, man, God is a God of healing. And the most beautiful thing is, you know, it talks about scripture, talks about making beauty from ashes. And that's what he did even with our marriage. Yes. Because there's no doubt that some of the low points in our life came in those months and years after the rest of the story, so to speak. Yes. And we'll share that next time. So ladies and gentlemen, hey, thank you so much for being a part of this in our first podcast as we do this. Uh, hope you'll come back to us again. Uh, we'll have another podcast out. It'll be out next Tuesday. And we hope you come back to hear to the rest of the story of how God has really done incredible things in our marriage. And I hope it'll give you hope for some of the incredible things that God wants to do in your marriage. All right, so we're signing off and we'll see you later. Bye.